Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. Fans, welcome back for another big interview. Today, we have a member of the Miracle Generation. He trained under Paul Roma and Mario Mancini. You see him almost every week at Wrestling Open. And recently, he, along with his teammates Dustin and Ichiban, took on former guests of the show, the SAT. Everybody, welcome Kylon King. Kylon, how are you doing today? What's up, Joe? How you feeling? I'm, I'm doing good. You know, I'm living, you know, uh, it's a beautiful day out here. Even though it's a little nippy, but, you know, we move on. We, we roll with the punches, you feel me? Yeah, like the snow was an interesting surprise the other day, but I guess it kind of gets oh, you yeah. into that holiday season. Sure. I didn't even think we were going to get snow for this year based off how it was looking, but, you know, first snowfall of the year was uh, kind of crazy to see. Definitely. Now, before I play the intro video today, I have to ask you about that match with the SAT because you guys main evented that expect the unexpected show. It was, if you haven't watched it, you have to go on IWTV. You have to watch the, like the fathers of this style versus you guys who like that felt like a passing the torch match. How awesome was it to be in the ring with that? <laughs> first off, like you said, main event in our first ever show at Expect the Unexpected. That was like something in itself that they even like trusted that they even throw us out there. And then to put us in the ring with SATs was just insane. You know, the father of the style, it was really, uh, it was just really surreal because, you know, I, I grew up watching like a lot of their stuff, like back in TNA days when, when TNA was early on. It, it was just crazy just to, even right now, I'm just I'm getting like giddy about it. Uh, like I'm just smiling and stuff. Like just even think about it. like it got the work such a legendary tag team and and like like I said, just innovated of the style, father of the style. And um, you know, I, I was just so happy for it with it. And then um, when they gave that speech at the end of the show, like you said, like it felt like a passing of the torch moment. So like we're gonna keep riding, we're gonna keep working hard, we're gonna keep making everybody proud, and then hopefully we can live up to um, the torch that they passed down to us after that so yeah they were one of those dream interviews that we wanted to get earlier this year and then when we got them on like it was just even talking to them before we started recording they made you feel like they were friends of yours and then like as they get going you know how dedicated they are to wrestling and they have such a unique viewpoint that like i'm dying to have them on the show again because we talked to them at the beginning of this kind of whole comeback tour. Mm -hmm. And since we talked to them, they've had so many matches and like, especially against you guys, because I've been watching you a lot on wrestling open. Mm -hmm. So to see you guys getting big there and then to see you guys taking on the SAT, I just, I couldn't believe it. Now I'm going to yeah, play. The it was definitely like, a, I'm sorry to cut you off. <laughs> it was definitely like a really working an older version of ourselves. It's like, the way we just, it, it, it's still insane just to think about it. Yeah, I can't even get over it. Almost like a ghost of Christmas future type thing. Absolutely, where absolutely. Like, 
Now, it's not too many times that I'll kick an interview off with the same question two interviews in a row, but we just talked to Alec Price yesterday, and I feel like you guys, you, Dustin, Ichabon, Alec, you're all like, you got this rocket ship strapped to you right now. So what do you think is key to you getting as far as you have this early on? Well, for myself and Flash specifically, you know, Ichiban too, you know, for us, it's just like we, we show that we put in the work, we work hard and uh, we keep a positive attitude. We, we stay out of trouble as much as we can. Like I, we just stay quiet to everything and really try to like not brush anybody the wrong way. And that's, I think that's really helpful. Like you said, like the whole reason why we even got to this point where we are right now, especially with, at Wrestling Open is like, we literally went beyond uncharted territory season three was going on. We would literally be there basically every week before the shows, just going there to help out every single week, every single week, every single week, until one day they asked us, like, hey, you heard you got our tag team. Do you want to be a part of the uh, Discovery Gauntlet? Because it was the tag team Discovery Gauntlet. It was like, yeah, we, we would love to. And then I guess that just shows you how much hard work pays off because, you know, we like you said, like I said, we came there early. And uh, we got the opportunity to shine, and then we never looked back since. So, yeah, you guys got to grab the opportunity by the balls and just keep running with it. Yeah, that's what I found success is. It's like being in the right place at the right time, being a decent person, and putting that work in. Because uh -huh. all those things going together with, like, a little bit of luck is kind of what success grows out of. Because you never know what could be an opportunity or like what connections could lead to things like we've wanted to get interviews with a bunch of people on beyond and mm -hmm. it was because of wrestling open we were able to sponsor dustin the week he took on wheeler yuda mm -hmm. and i thank and you then, because uh we got sponsored that week too because uh ways and curls uh shout out my big brother trey shout out to Jalen. uh they couldn't make it because trey had got injured but uh thank you for uh passing on that sponsor to us so we appreciate that Oh, no problem. But it also opened the opportunity to uh, we were able to interview Drew because we've been fans of Beyond for so long and wrestling open mm -hmm. that it's like to get to talk to him about what wrestling open is all about is awesome. And then to get young talents like you and Dustin that are on your way up. It's awesome to like talk to you guys now, because like when we were talking to Alec yesterday, he kept like apologizing about rambling. And I was thinking like, it's not really rambling because when you're hustling, uh -huh. you just go from day to day to day. So when you're asked about it and then you got to kind of think about it, you're like, wow, I did a lot in a little bit of time. I did a lot over my journey. So to take right. it in sometimes can be like awe-inspiring. Absolutely. And I, I, I really like find that a, a hard thing to believe for myself too, because like, like at the end of the day, like last year around this time, not to say, not to diminish myself in Flash, but, like, we really wasn't even thought about on, like, the scale we are now. Like, nobody was even thinking about us. Nobody even really were. Like, obviously, we had our fans in certain areas where we uh, wrestled that and stuff like that. But, like, on, on the scale we are right now, like, we, we came so far in, like, literally a year, like, in to try and cap it off all at the festival and um in the T four summit, we're gonna we're gonna try to cap it off and become the first ever IWTV tag team champions, you know. So it's really crazy to just think about like, damn, we really was doing our thing because we so it's so go, 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 go. You don't really have that time about it. And I just gotta stop myself sometimes, just really be appreciative and like grateful for all the, the work that I put in, the work that Flash put in. 
that we, we was able to come so far in so little of a time. Because a year is really not a lot of time. It, it might seem long because, you know, life, but it's really not that long when you really think about it. No, and especially like you or like kind of us where we look back on the videos we've put out over the past year mm-hmm. and to think about where we were on January 1st and like the mindset we went into the year with versus where we are now. Mm-hmm. It almost feels like you kind of grow it almost feels like five years worth of growth in that time, just because it's like, wow, I did that much. Mm-hmm. And especially with you guys, it's great to hear of a team coming out of Connecticut. Now, you guys trained under Paul Roma, Mario Mancini. Yep. What's some of the best advice you've gotten from that school that's helped get you to where you are? Like, what were your bigger takeaways from my bigger takeaways from from the school is just, you know, it's just having like a good work ethic, like you know what I'm saying, just never really take shit from anybody, I guess, you know. Be yourself, work hard. Like always try to work harder than other than the real I remember like when I was like meet myself personally, I first got to the school, flashing my other two partners, Sean and Jay, they were already there training and stuff. But I guess what pushed me so far ahead of them, like in the beginning, was my work ethic because it's like I would just come in and just I would really just hustle, hustle. Like even though I was new, I would just like hustle, 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 hustle because I, I wanted it so bad. So I got put on like, even though they had their debuts before me, but I got put on in like a faster time because I, I was only there for like about four to six months before I had my first match. And I think that's like one of the quickest turnaround that they, they had at that time. So yeah, it was, it was just a crazy experience, you know, it's just got to hustle. Um, And then, yeah, it's just, it's just, I'm trying to think. <laughs> look look at me i'm rambling just like like you said alec was yesterday um no but. we love hearing it because you know we are the whole reason we started the podcast was we're such fans of wrestling we wanted a collection of wrestling stories mm-hmm. and like when you get you know like these legends or these guys that have been around they've told their stories so many times that they can just rattle it off mm-hmm. i like that like i'm asking you and you know you stop and you think and you're like wow like you know to to get that part of it, to get the wonder of just being on the rise. Like, I enjoy that. So don't worry about rambling at all. I meant to tell Alec that yesterday, but he was just such a good talker. I couldn't jump <laughs> in there on him. But yeah, it's like, I think another thing that helped us there is just, they just told us to just go out and get it. You know, um, like Paul, Mario, even um, Richard Holiday, he helped us a lot. Another one of our uh, trainers, uh, I call him, Professor Battle, but Chris Battle, you know, the red line, they helped us out a lot. Just just, just hustling, just going out there, busting your ass, grinding. You know, that's the only way you're going to get better by by working hard, you know, just staying in shape. So I think that's yeah. that's that's the one thing that um they, they told us to be ourselves and just, like, just go out there and hustle. Yeah, there's a lot of good names that have come out of that school. So when I saw you talking to Under the Ropes about PPW, I'm like, oh, I got to ask. I was going to ask about Richard Holiday, but then right when I was about to write the question down, you mentioned him and I'm like, all right, but it's got to be good to have those names that have come out of there that can give you like, it's almost like a senior at your high school going on to like a big college and being able Mm -hmm. to tell you like, this is what to look out for out there, you know, be able to give you that advice. Absolutely. And uh, just, just really I just uh, before I, I lose track of this, uh, lose my thought pattern. I just really want to shout out to Richard Holiday. Anyway, that's my big brother. Without him, like me and Flash, I, and I really mean this like wholeheartedly. Like without him, 
like giving out the the advice and like knowledge about what's going on in on the scenes today and like and like how to that's another thing at the school too just how to carry yourself you know but especially with how that he really taught us how to carry ourselves and how to be professional really just do certain things a certain type of way and uh shout out to my uh, big brother joe big brother so um just shout out to my big brother holiday and uh, i really uh appreciate him and uh, you know really hope he uh, gets healthier i know he's halfway through his chemo right now so uh, best wishes to my big brother and he he'll be back sooner rather than later i hope so yeah yeah we're pulling for him we had him on like he was one of the first couple guests that we really wanted to get because we're such big mlw fans and when we recently saw the news you know we shared it and we were just we were stunned because then it reminds you like that life is so precious and absolutely these things yeah. can happen anytime, but he's great. Like we know he's going to bounce back and he's going to be mm-hmm. 10 times the performer he was like before he went away. Absolutely. And that's the one thing I try to always remind myself too. just like, God forbid, but this can all be taken from us um, tomorrow or even today. You know, you never know when your last day is going to be, and, you know, like it's a scary thought to think about. But you really just got to keep pushing forward and uh, hustling as much as you can while you're here. Be that yeah, best definitely. version of yourself. I know everybody got their bad days. You know, I'm not perfect either, but it's uh, best to always look, keep your head up, keep pushing and staying positive. You know, that's my motto. That's my motto. Well, here's a question I wasn't even going to ask, but I ask it from time to time in interviews. How do you handle setbacks when they pop up or disappointment? It's like a, that's like a loaded question. Right there. It's kind of hard to explain for me because it's like, you know, every situation is different. But like I said before, it's just all about, you know, okay, it happened. It's okay. Like, and this is one thing people got to realize too. It's okay to feel like for better or worse, like, like, like shit, it's a shitty situation happened or whatever. It's okay to feel like that, but don't keep yourself in that position. You know, you got to keep, keep fighting out that position. You got, you know, the rain going to come, but the sun and the rainbow going to shine later, you know? You gotta remember that. So it's not gonna stay forever. The storm not gonna stay forever. Just gotta keep pushing through and then eventually you're gonna come out on the other side better off, you know. I've been through a lot in my life, you know, even like past few years and stuff like that. It's like uh, you know, it's it's a lot, but you just gotta keep that positive mindset. You know, for me, like you know, I like I put on a front sometimes only because it helps me like be better, you know. I don't I don't really like people seeing like that. Like even though like like it's like even that's something I gotta work on, but you know, it helps me out like putting on that front because it, it makes me eventually makes me feel better, you know, you know, just keep pushing and being positive and try to keep that mindset, even though like I might be in like a not the best of spaces at that time, you know, but even though it's probably not a healthy thing to do, but I, I, that's that's one of the things that helped me out, you know, just keep pushing on, keep pushing on, and uh, you know, but like I said before, it's okay not to feel good, but you just can't allow yourself to stay in that mindset. Yeah, definitely. We've like even as we've done the podcast it was like i think i lost my dad i think it was like two years ago around this time yeah and then I, I had, dave, um, dave lost, lost my, his mom this year yeah. too i lost my grandfather around the same time so yes yeah, it's, it's it's a tough thing so yeah it's tough but you keep going on and like eventually like it's not that you hurt worse it just the hurt changes Mm-hmm. you just try and turn it into a positive and i know we brought viewers down a lot in the middle <laughs> here, but it's, i like those questions where you get to get real with someone because you've probably heard a ton of you know where did you like wrestling where did you do this 
but not like, how do you handle setbacks? Like, what do you do when things get negative? Mm. But let's get back on the positive talk. Tell us about Miracle Generation. And I got to get to the bottom of a question that you left me with after the Under the Ropes pod. So Miracle Generation, it, it, it's all started with four four people, myself, Flash, Jay Onyx, and Sean Knight. You know, it, it was like a thing we were... We all had like a, a brotherhood type of thing, you know. Even myself and Flash, we still had a we had a rocky start in the beginning. But we all all four of us just started becoming closer and closer and closer. We started going on the road together, especially during the pandemic, because extra was like was on the only thing one of the only things open. But we eventually just started going on the road every every week. Started traveling with each other, hanging out with each other, like and it and it just became like a brotherhood, you know. You know, I looked to those those three people like. Those are like my real life brothers now, and I'm saying all the experience that we've been through, all the experience that we continue to go through. You know, I wouldn't change it for the world. You know, it's just just a brotherhood. Us four guys, just like it's a miracle that we're all here, that we all made it. We all come from different walks of life. You know, we experience different things, but we all experience similar things at the same token. In the same token, so you know, it's just a brotherhood and then one day um we were just trying to figure out like because we always wanted to be a group so we were just trying to figure out oh what was it what would be the name of the group what would be the name of the group? and eventually jay he came up with the name miracle generation based off of anime and um yeah that's how that's how the name came came up to be you know miracle generation based off generation of miracles from kuroku no basket so yeah that's that's how we all came to be all right that was definitely the question i was gonna ask because you didn't you weren't gonna get into the anime on that and i'm like (laughs) there's the question that's in there but it's got to be good to come up with a group of guys too because as you're all learning in the business it's less like doing it on your own you have these other guys to bounce ideas off of and to talk about you know the come up with so you don't feel so alone that's got to help you get farther along, I imagine, also. Nah, absolutely. Like, um, yeah, without without these dudes, like, even, like, <laughs> just without these guys just growing up in the business, life, it would be tough. I'm not even going to lie. Like, I'm so grateful and, like, so glad that I got the experience. Like, and even still now, like, I don't think I have ever traveled to a show, like, by myself or been on a show that they haven't been on. You know, and it's it's just crazy to even think about like that tight bond that we all have. You know, even though we we may fight, we may argue, we may not like each other all the time. But you know, I I, I love I love these people, and I would like do anything in my power that I'm able to do for them. Though. Like absolutely, you know, it's it's, just, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, I look. I don't know if you have the same social anxiety as me, but like I hate showing up to places alone. So it's mm-hmm. got to help, too, to always have, like, you know, your family rolling with you to, you know, you show up as a group. It, it just helps with self-esteem and getting yourself out there, too. Absolutely, absolutely. Like like you said, like, social anxiety is a real thing, you know. Even, like, bef- before I even got to wrestling, it was just, like, anytime I would go to a new place, it was just, like, I would feel so awkward, so weird. But, like, I have less of that problem now because I'm I'm with those guys, so I'm able to be more of myself, like, on the first on the first time meeting people so yeah it's just it's just a real thing now we talked about kind of your inner circle but who are some people outside of your inner circle like in the business that have helped you out along the way you know outside of like your trainers and things okay are there any um, guys you've worked with that you've picked something up from anthony green he helped me and flash a lot especially like um he was like one of the people that helped us like um not not one of he was the person that helped us out get to like black label pro you know 
helped us out with that. So shout out to Anthony Green. Even like now, he still gives us advice. Like like the other day, he was just uh, he just texted me something about like a certain move that that we did, and he was like, "Hey, maybe you should do this right there." And I was like, "All right, cool. Like that's a good idea. Let me let me make sure I, I write that down and remember that." But like AG, like a, a Drew Drew Cordero, you know from from Beyond Wrestling, he helped like. He helped us out a lot with our growth, especially, like, throughout all the weeks of, like, Wrestling Open and, like, beyond that we was there. He helped us out a lot. I'm trying to think, trying to think, trying to think. I'm just having such a brain fart because it's, it's really a lot of people that really, like, to me, that helped us out. Like, I, I, I try to take something from everybody, you know, positive or negative. I try to, like, take something and really apply it to myself. Like, even, like, even, like, somebody, like, just, like, some random person on the street, if they have said something, I'll take what I can from it. And try to apply it to myself, you know. But but yeah, those two Drew Drew and uh, AG they helped us out a lot. I'm trying. I'm really trying to. Oh, Wagner Brown. What 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 is Slick Wagner Brown? Without <laughs> Slick Wagner Brown, me and Flash would not be a team right now. And that's real real stuff. So so shout out to Slick. He helps us out still to this day. You know, give us advice and stuff like that. So Slick Wagner Brown. Without him, he's out of Test Flash, of Strength wrestling, yes, right? Yes, yes, he's the head trainer of Test of Strength. So shout now out you to kind of already Brown. got into it, but tell us about Wrestling Open and why it's been so important to your development. So Wrestling Open. So so one day, I, I don't even know if I should be telling this. I might get in trouble for telling this story. But um, one day, um, Drew came up to me, Flash, and he probably went up to other couple guys too. But he was like saying like. Yeah, I see I come here like every because this is like during um Un- Uncharted Territory season three, you know. He's like, Yeah, I see you guys coming up here like every week, busting your ass, working hard, and I'm not able to really do much for you guys, but y'all do so much for me. So I like I had an idea because uh, we had had some tryout matches before and he liked what he see what look what he saw from me and Flash and um a couple other people. But he was like, Yeah, I was like, um, I have an idea to like showcase like guys like yourselves and really like implement them with some of the people from the beyond roster and he was like yeah so what do you think about if i had like a show like maybe like every thursday and then just try to highlight people like yourselves and he was like oh i was like yeah we love that like that would be cool cool as hell like to even do like because we me and flash like was missing that from xwa because xwa has stopped running on thursdays or whatever so yeah it was like yeah we would love that you know get our reps in and then you know um be able to work with different uh crop of guys people that's going to help us elevate our game and, and grow to get better so he's like yeah yeah we love that so then then um one day he made the big announcement he's like yeah i'm gonna start this thing called wrestling open and um i'm gonna obviously um if you want to work you got to sign up for it got to sign in and um basically everybody gets uh get a cut off the door so everybody gets equal pay you know he's like okay cool so we started from uh episode zero even episode zero like um because um Bliss Creek was supposed to run during the festival, but, you know, it was high during COVID time. So, like, everybody, like, didn't want to come and everybody got had sick and stuff like that. So, they had canceled their show due to those circumstances and stuff like that. And then the soft open of wrestling open happened that night. And we got to wrestle uh, Ricky, Shane Page, and Vincent Nutton in the main event that night. And then on the official open of wrestling open, we had, we guys started this whole rivalry with main event you know so and then from there on we just kept growing and growing week after week after week after week and just kept elevating ourselves and elevating the game you know coming to this point where we are right now where we are the limited cup tag team champions and it's been great to see you know coming full circle for the year like you said Mm -hmm. last year you know what beyond did with uncharted territory was amazing and then i think they've just taken it up another notch with wrestling open because like 
for real wrestling nerds out there where you're looking to see who the next big talents are coming up. Wrestling Open is that spot. You're getting to see them go against, you know, established stars that come in from AEW. Mm-hmm. And you get to see just a great mix of matches. Now, before I go asking you about what your plans are for next year, you are an anime fan. And I got to ask a question because I don't watch anime. Everybody mm-hmm. at work is telling me I got to get into it. What is an anime that you would recommend for somebody that's never watched it to get into it? I mean, uh, I've watched movies here and there like Spirited Away, but I've mm-hmm. never been like deep into it. So give me a recommendation to start me out on. See it. Uh, it's kind of hard because it, it depends on what you like. Like you specifically, what what do you like? Like what type of things do you like? I like pro wrestling. I like mm-hmm. comedy. In my movies, I tend to like you know maybe a little deeper of a story. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'll tend to like comedy. Okay, mm-hmm. so let me think. Let me think. For you specifically, since you like wrestling and comedy. You know, a good anime, it's, it's a boxing anime. It's not really wrestling. It's a boxing. It's called Haji no Ippo. But it's about, okay. it's about a story about a kid named Ippo and his, uh, his growth through, like, his journey on becoming a better, I don't want to say better person because he's already a good person, but, like, his journey about on growing as growing as a person and uh, how boxing helped him grow as a person, you know? Because he starts off timid, but slowly over the course of the story, he gains more confidence and confidence and confidence until he's, you know, the champion. So, yeah, that's a good one to watch. For just, like, casuals, um, dang, it's, it's kind of hard out. Because I'm, I'm trying to think of an anime that's not too long to watch, you know. Because, like, most of the animes I, I watch are, like, they have a whole bunch of episodes to them. So I'm just, I'm just trying to think that's something that's not long. One day you can, it'll be easy to watch. I'm about to look at my list right now. <laughs> you about to have me look at my list right now. So, um, well, definitely text me some then because right, I got you. I not got to you. put you on the spot, but definitely like, I like getting recommendations from somebody that's into it because then they can give you like, you know, this is what I like or here's something you may like. But I try not to base off stuff like that I like. And, and show people i just i need to really know what they like so they can have like a like a, a good a smooth selling into the world of anime nice you want to give them a recommendation that's going to keep them coming back to anime not yeah like, oh, man, what you got me watching this like three hour long movie about <laughs> yes essentially. but yeah anime yep. is like cool it's like it's been like a strong point in my life you know it helped me like with wrestling like anime have also been one of those things that just helped me like with everything in my life just so yeah nice now we come full circle talking about wrestling open let's end on a big note what are your goals for 2023 what promotions would you like to wrestle for what tournaments would you like to end up in and then plug whatever you'd like well this is not really a 2023 goal because uh the goal is gonna hopefully i accomplish this goal before the year is over and that's to become the first ever iwtv tag team champions with with my partner in crime my little brother flash so that's one goal another goal is you know maybe hopefully you know just throwing us out there you know me and flash can uh be a tag team at in gcw you know he's already doing the gcw stuff right now but hopefully i can make my way over there with him and do that you know i want to i want to go on um down south so maybe action or sup you know what's up with that mm-hmm. um west coast trying to get in a uh, west coast pro prestige you know, maybe go down to Texas. I'm trying to go in the Midwest. You know, I'm just trying to. Oh, and definitely, I'm trying to. I'm trying to make Canada a thing. I'm trying to make Canada a thing for sure. C4. I'm trying to. Um, 
ICW, ISW, me, Inishbishi's Wrestling, trying to go to the, the heart of Canada and wrestle there. So I'm just trying to, um, you know, build up my portfolio, you know, you know, add some, add these uh, pages in my password. They, they, uh, they're looking empty, so I'm trying to uh, fill those up, whether it's hey, Canada, Mexico, you know, UK, wherever. I'm trying to go. I'm trying to, I'm trying to make it happen. I'm trying to be a, a global wrestler next year. Yeah, maybe Anthony Green could hook it up with Pro Wrestling Noah. Oh, that would be sick. That's like my biggest goal. Like one of my biggest goals is to wrestle in Japan. So that that would be sick. I wrestle. I already wrestled like a Japanese wrestler named Shin Skywalker. That shit was sick. Excuse my language. That was sick because it's like it was so unexpected. And I was not expecting to wrestle him. And I, I got the chance to wrestle him. It's like him and uh, Myron Reedy in the same match. It was just crazy. I was like, yo, what is life right now? Yo, what is life right now? I know it's great to see those matchups. Well, we're excited to see you at wrestle at Restival. You know, tell the people where they can find you on social media. And, okay. you know, your your boys are winning the tag team championships at the end of the year. I'm, I'm calling it now. It's mm, got to happen. We going to make it happen. We going to make it happen. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Little Kylon, L-I-T-T-L-E-K-Y-L-O-N. You can find me on Instagram at KingKai0610. That's K-I-N-G-K-A-I-0610. And, um... Trying to think, do I have anything else? Do I have anything else? Uh, you got a pro wrestling tea store? I see you got that nice oh, pro wrestling cheese, you know, Kylock King right there. You know, if you want some miracle generation work, we're gonna we, we usually sell those stuff at um in person. So come see us at any of these shows near you and we'll we'll buy a shirt, buy some merch. You know, I got bills to pay, you know, I got I gotta eat, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So uh, do that, do that. Well, hey, get out there and support you boys. And thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you again next time. Thanks for having me. Peace. The Pro Wrestling Vault. 35 short stories, including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 300 photos from the independent scene. Taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleVille.com or LanceByChance.com. Wrestleville, it's where wrestling lives. Welcome back to the Working Fans Podcast, and today we have a big interview for you. He is the former Limitless World Champion. He's the current Southern Underground Pro Bone Storm Champion, the current Empire State Wrestling Interstate Champion. He is the Northeast Beast, the prize, and you can find him at the Prize City OG on Twitter and Instagram. Today, we are sitting down with Alec Price. Alec, how are you doing today? Yo, what's good? What's good? I'm good. I'm good. Just chilling. You know what I mean? A little tired. Just came back from Bama. But other than that, I'm good. I'm good. Nice. Now, I when I was looking you up, because I've been following you for a couple of years, I was blown away that you are so young. What has been the key to you getting to where you've gotten so fast? No cap, just like a great worth ethic. You know what I mean? Like kind of just like been hustling. So like, I think that's just about it. Like I'm not afraid to hustle and really get down and work for my stuff. Like I was growing up by like my dad, you know, obviously did a bunch of like, like uh, class one diesel mechanical, like, <sighs> sorry, class one diesel mechanical work. So I had, I was, I, my dad was a worker. So I basically got that from him. So like, we're not afraid to kind of do what we have to do to get, you know, get the job done. You know what I mean? So that's basically it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Now, what got you interested in wrestling? first what were some of your early favorites and like early moments that really kind of 
pulled you in as a fan? I was like a big fan of the X Division, you know, early. I, I just like, I love TNA. I think it was just because at the time it was that other thing. That was that thing on TV that was other than WWE. You know what I mean? Let's see. Main event Mafia was formed, was a good, good, like good one that like stuck out. Remember when Loki came back to TNA? That was pretty dope. First Ultimate X was lit. Sheesh, bro. <sighs> yeah, I can't believe I watched that much TNA. Uh, yeah, that's like, I know you that's gotta like be my, this guy that I've so uh, yeah, so like, you're the first know. person I've heard really bring up TNA as an early influence. Really? Yeah, to that yeah, extent. I mean, people yeah. are fans of it, but it's not their go-to necessarily. Well, like that was like, bro, no cap, like that was my favorite back in the day. Like mm-hmm. it's just like I love WWE, but it was just the like it was that thing that wasn't WWE. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, it's fire. And then, like, the people they had on it, like AJ Styles, you know what I mean? Right. Samoa Joe, Bobby Roode, James Storm, all like Alex Shelley, freaking Chris Saban, you know what I mean? All these motherfuckers that were just That's- killing it like killing it like prime of their careers when i was a kid you know what i mean like you got motor city machine guns main event mafia everybody beer money in the ring like it was crazy like that's just like it was just and plus like the x division was different like i like the old belt with the one with the big x you know what i mean and it's just yeah. like it was it was a different style different like different like look for a guy you know what i mean because they were more a lot my size and like kind of like my style where it's a lot more kicking and a lot more offense before the flips and everything so yeah, no, actually, yo, that was just, I don't know, that's just, that's my type of wrestling, you know what I mean? I love it. Nice. I love it, man. You named the prize. Like, when I hear that, I think of, like, I'm an old boxing fan, so I think of, like, prize fighting, you know, boxing like that. Is Where did that, where does that come from, though? I, I'm just curious. Basically, I call myself the prize because, like, like I, like, I am the prize, but, like, it's hard to explain, bro. Like, to be honest, like, I got the prize from because, like, I always wanted to be the prize. I always want top. I never really was that when I was a kid. You know what I mean? I was kind of always pushed aside and shit. Like, and, and where I come from, there's not a lot of people that made it out. You know what I mean? Like, no one's really put the city on the map. Like, to me, my city is a prize to me. You know what I mean? And, like, I, I, I feel like I am the prize of that city because, like, I'm going to be the only one to put it on. You know what I mean? Like, that's why I call myself the prize city OG because I want to be the first person to put my city on the map. That's why I call my city the prize city. Like, and, you know, I call myself the prize because I'm always hunting for the prize. My goal is to be just as everyone else. You know what I mean? On TV, on sign, making hundreds of thousands to millions going everywhere. Like, that's the prize right there. My eyes are focused on it. But I also know that I am the only real prize in wrestling, bro. I'm the only real superstar actually doing it right now. Indie wrestlers actually doing it right now. There ain't nobody like me on the indies. And I gotta fucking, I gotta, I gotta know. You know what I mean? I gotta, I gotta, I gotta let it know. I gotta let everyone know how much I love myself and how much I know that I'm better than everyone. See you know what I mean? So it's a little bit of both. Like it's a little bit of vanity, but it's also me being humble and trying to like put on for my people. Yeah, you were one guy when I first saw you in the ring, like I hated you. And it was very much in that MJF style where you're coming out and you're getting that reaction from the crowd so like early and you do it so well. And then as I got to watch you more, I'm like, God damn, this kid is talented in the ring. Like I was at the FTR show where they wrestled Brock and Pillman and you were in the opening match with Pedro Dones, I believe. And just, I thought you guys set the pace for that night. And like, that's where I got one over as a fan that I'm like, this kid is really doing it. And it's good to hear it comes from that place of wanting to put on your city because even us, like we're from little towns in Connecticut 
And it would be great for us if we could, you know, put our town on. So to see you doing that in the wrestling ring, that's got to be exhilarating. Now, who are some of the people that have helped you out along the way and given you the best advice to get to where you are now? It's hard because, like, I met so many people that's, like, helped me out in any which way. Like, I'm not the type of dude that, like, shy away from, like, advice or, like, an idea. Like, if somebody's up and, like, hey, I thought this looked really good. I'm going to take it. A lot of people, a lot of guys, they're like, they'll like, look at it like, all right, who are you in wrestling? You know what I mean? Mike Bailey definitely helped me out. Josh Briggs, I think kind of like, definitely like, cause like when I, when I wrestled Josh at that point, like I had great matches, but I didn't really know what a moment or what, like what it actually meant. You know what I mean? So after I faced Josh, like faced Josh, I was able to kind of like really see what a moment actually is and how like kind of kind of put it together and this is what it looks like and this is what you want and this is where you want it in the story and this is why you do it but you know what i mean like that's kind of like that match kind of started me like getting me to think about more than just like all right move you know what i mean so i think definitely mike bailey when i wrestled him the first time and josh briggs probably the two best advice i ever got nice now you've got like this year it's when i was checking on your cage match profile it's the most it looks like you've worked in it, and you've done a lot at beyond wrestling and wrestling open what do you tell us a little bit about beyond wrestling and why wrestling open is such an important event beyond wrestling is like my place right now you know beyond wrestling has kind of been like the top of the indies slash uh new england area for freaking more than 10 years right now and um i feel like there's been a lot of good that's come out of beyond that's helped the area and help indie wrestling so I'm kind of glad that this is a place like Beyond Around. It's kind of like Limitless. Like, in a way, they're both helping, like, wrestling like, in the territory without people even realize they are. Just by, like, being there for guys every Thursday to have a show. Or, like, you know what I mean? Like, letting locals have an opportunity like that that, like, they would never have in a million years. Wrestling Open is just, like, it's just wild. Like, the beginning of the year, we had 60 people. You know what I mean? Now we're averaging like two two eighty like two something like a week. You know what I mean? Like it it was like it was something that wasn't heard of or like no one really was doing at the time. And like Drew and like wrestling open is great, bro. I feel like wrestling open is like that like that platform, bro. That a lot of like a lot of us need. You know what I mean? Like a lot of like like people that are just trying to catch their break. Just trying to get a couple eyes on them. Just trying to get on a couple shows. Like wrestling open is there, and it's gonna be able to build more than it will take. Like it's not never gonna be able to take down from anybody. It's just gonna build them up. Because the more people that like watch wrestling open, the more people that show up to wrestling open, the more people that know you, and then it's also more reps where you could just be bang and bang and bang. And it's just like it's basically a fast track to success if you really want to think about it. You know what I mean? Every Thursday you have a match. That's every Thursday, every new match, you have an opportunity to learn something and get better. And like you have people there, like I'm like, I'm usually there or we have freaking like AEW stars come by most of the time. There's a lot of seminars happening every week. Everyone gets an opportunity like you can sign up to wrestle. So it's, it's, it's. Wrestling Open is just special, man. I don't know. Like, I'm just, I, I love Wrestling Open to death. And, like, I'm glad that I've been a part of it for as long as I have and, like, from the start on. So I'm just happy to be here, bro. We had Drew on, and he was telling us it's almost like uh, an open mic night, like in comedy, you know, like wrestlers coming in and everything like that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like you have to you have to sign up and then get on. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. it's pretty lit. Like, you never really had this idea in wrestling before. So, like, when it definitely started, there was a lot of people that didn't know how it was going to go. 
Because, like, you never seen something like this. But, like I said, 60 people to averaging 280 a week, it's not bad for the first year. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. obviously, it's something that's going to work. I feel like we can build off of So It's wild. I'm curious. You know, a lot of times we'll have wrestlers on and people, too, and we talk about, like, who's that one person that maybe got you into wrestling? You know, like, for me, it was my mom. And I remember I developed, like, even a closer relationship with my mom just through watching wrestling because, you know, nobody else, like, yeah. I didn't have that bond, you know? And then later on, you meet friends, and it's like, oh, shit, you like this, too. It's like a little fraternity, right? Did you have that one person that got you into wrestling, and did you develop some, like, you know, cool relationships because of pro wrestling, like, outside of pro wrestling, even? Yeah, like, when I was a little kid, my Nana got me into pro wrestling. She was, like, the only other real wrestling fan in my family. Like, I remember being, like, a little, like, they, she, they would plot me, my brothers and my Nana, like, they, my brothers told me about this, would plot me in front of the TV with her and just watch wrestling while she watched wrestling. And she was the type of wrestling fan where, like, the whole block hurt her. <laughs> Rip his head off! Yeah. Rip his head off! You know what I mean? Like, everybody knew my Nana was watching wrestling. Mm-hmm. She loved the Von Erichs. Like, she's oh, yeah. a big Von Erichs fan. She loved Carrie and Kevin. Like, Carrie was her favorite, I think, because, but, you know, Carrie was everyone's favorite. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was a handsome, he was a handsome dude. You know what I mean? Texas Tornado. Who wouldn't, you know what I mean? Who wouldn't want the Texas Tornado? You know what I mean? <laughs> but she loved it. After she died, like, my brothers kind of, like, fell off of it. So I kind of, like, I ha- like, I still loved it, but I didn't really, I didn't really have the interest in it because I started to grow older. And there wasn't really anybody that, like, had that, like, that love of wrestling like I did. Like, that's somebody I can walk up and be like, yo, bro, did you see last night's Raw? Yo, did you see what? Yo, you see Edge? That was crazy. You know what I mean? Like, no, I never had that. So, like, I met my boy Eddie when I got a little bit older. Like, I met my best friend, my brother, for the past, like, 13 years. And, like, he had all the games. He had all the titles. He had everything I didn't have. You know what I mean? Because I was a poor kid. We didn't have any of that. Like, so he had every single thing. I was like bro and like I, I i fell back in love with wrestling and was like after that like i did a year backyard because i got so into it um and then i got my boy eddie i freaking brought him into my backyard company i almost broke my neck on a uh, code red that my boy almost gave me <laughs> and after that i was like i want to get trained because i don't want to be that jamoke that like gets you know what i mean hurt and they're like yo how'd happen what happened i'm like oh it was just you know what i mean doing small time bombs in my boy in my my boy's grandma's backyard like, nah, bro, I want to be signed. Like, I, I know I'm a professional wrestler and I hurt my, you know what I mean? Like, but yeah, that's how like that, it, it was like my, my boy Eddie is really like what got me back into wrestling. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I, I don't know if I, if I, if, if I never met my best friend, I probably never would be able to be like, all right, I want to do this. You know what I mean? Cause like at that point I was like stuck, like I was stuck in a brain of like, I have to be like a sports app. Like I have to be a football star or a baseball star or basketball. I have to figure something out. You know what I mean? And then I found my route because, like, bro, getting, like, when I get in that ring, it's, like, I feel like I'm, like, it's the only thing I was put on this earth to do. It's wild. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. like, I'm glad that I finally found it and shit. I find you can see also, like, your passion and your dedication in your matches. And even just watching the matches you've had this year, you could see, like, progress the whole time. Now, you got, you must have trained wrestling, like, gotten into wrestling training fairly young what age were you when you first started training and who did you train with i was 18 when i just started training i remember like it was yesterday 
because I turned it that year and then I had to wait for February because for tax season to start training. I started in 2017. I started at the Bell Time Club in Wakefield, Massachusetts under Bo Douglas, the dynasty, and Benny Jooks. Bo was trained by Killer Kowalski, so I have the Killer Kowalski lineage. Uh, Benny was trained by Tony Roy and Richard Burns. Tony Roy was trained by like Kowalski, so like I come from a little hole in the wall school that's basically out of the hand and most of the like the top talent that's come through New England in the past decades. You know what I mean? So like I love it. Like I love being from the Bell Time Club. I feel like if I went to any other school when I just started out, I would be a totally different wrestler and probably not where I'm at right now. Like it was that perfect environment of like it was chaotic enough, but it wasn't chaotic enough. You know what I mean? Like it was a club. It wasn't a wrestling school. And even Bo was like, This is this is a club. I want everybody to be like, this is this is a family. I don't want people to think like, I'm your trainer and this is it. Like, no, it felt like a family. And like, I grew up in a giant family. So like, like, like Bell Time Club, you had like Bo there teaching, right? And then you had Benny in ring and he's like, Bo's the head, Benny's the assistant, but Benny's like really like doing a lot of the bumping and all that. And then you would have like Matt Ledge or like Danny Miles or one of the vets come through and then they would be, you know what I mean? They're teaching you while Bo's teaching something else. So it was like, there was a million and one variables, million and one things being thrown at you at once. And like, I grew up like that because I grew up in a two and a half bedroom apartment with seven people. So like having a million and one things going on at times, it's like, that's, that's my environment. So like I was able to succeed because of like the bell time club and everything. So yeah, that's where I started, bro. That's awesome. Now what's some of the best advice you've gotten along the way? Because you, like you said earlier, you're not afraid to hear people's suggestions, advice, who, like, what are some of the better advice you've gotten? Uh, I remember when I was like a, like from the Bell Time Club, we have OG Masshole Mike McCarthy. Like, like I know Matt, like, I, like I'm no Masshole because of wrestling, but like he's an OG OG. This man's like an OG from the punk era. OG, like him, you know what I mean? Like him and his people. Like my co- like my cousin went down there, but it wasn't with his people. He was just doing it separately. But like we're fighting the Nazis back in the day to mm. get rid of them out of the punk scene. You know what I mean? Like in Boston, yeah. he like G checked me one day when I was like a kid, like when I was a when I was a trainee, because I was like really cocky. You know what I mean? Like I, I mean I couldn't help it. That's you know how you had to be. But like I was extremely cocky, and one day he went, dude. He was like, I freaking hate you. And he was like, you're so good, but you're such a piece of shit. And started rashing me out in front of everybody. And, like, put me on, like, blast. And I just went like, I'm sorry, OG. You know what I mean? And I couldn't do I couldn't do anything else. There was nothing I could do at that point. Because it was just, like, one of those moments where you're just, like, your mom rips into you and your friends are right there. Like, God damn, wow, why'd you do that? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think like you know him being like that is just like bro you're so good like why 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 are you such a piece of shit you know what I mean and like that always stuck with me like I gotta be humble because like I realize when I get too cocky or too into it like I feel like I don't know I just start slipping you know what I mean it's like every Boston team in like sports you know what I mean like we do get the first two quarters and three four we get lazy and oh we lost them. you know what I mean like so I kind of just gotta stay humble and like stay on my craft. I think that's probably the best advice I've ever gotten because I probably would still be like a piece of crap right now. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, like definitely. Thank you, Masshole, for that. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Now you've worked a lot of places. Are there any promotions or any tournaments that you would like to work at that you haven't yet appeared? Prestige, WXW, Defiant. Yeah, there's like a couple that I want to like kind of get. I mean, right now it's kind of cool because like, 
like I'm starting to like make my way through the US. Like I just got like, you know, West Coast booking. I'm going to LA next week in a couple weeks. Um and one six I'm going back to San Fran for West Coast Pro. So like right now my focus on doing more like like European stuff. Like I'm a big fan of European wrestling. I've always, for some reason, liked that style of wrestling and the way they set up matches. So, like, that's my next big thing is I want to go out there. Like, I want to go to, I want to go to, like, I don't know, freaking anything, bro. Any, like, progress, anything. WXW. I want to go to Portugal to wrestle. I want to, I want to just kind of start, like, adding my, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like I'm doing a lot here and I'm doing a lot in the, like, the, like, in the U.S. and it's great. But I also got to realize, like, I want to go other places. So, like, and the only way I can really get better as a wrestler is by going out there and facing people that are better than me or fate, like going out there and facing different styles. Like I remember my trainer said that to me and I didn't really get it until I was on the road, but it's true. Like after a while, he can't teach me anything. I have to go on the road to learn different styles and different ways because everyone's got their own flavors of ice cream. And maybe in that aspect, my flavor of ice cream isn't the right flavor. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, yeah, I think, yeah. That's crazy. I'm kind of curious. So the way to improve for you, obviously it seems like you're doing as many bookings as you can. And like you said, you're trying to get booked into different territories, maybe different matches, different companies, so you can learn different things. And that's going to just make you better. Is there anything else you do besides that? Like, do you look at like old matches? Is there anything else you do to like try to? I mean, I watch, I watch my matches. I mean, I'm like, sometimes when matches come out, I watch it like I'm like stuck for like the next day watching it like every other 15 minutes. And it's not because I like watching myself wrestle. Mm -hmm. I really don't like watching myself on camera. It's just because like I'm so nitpicky about my wrestling that I want to see what I've done. Like, I want to be like, all right. And then I'll be like, how did that look? That little thing. And I, I remember that one little thing in that match. And I was like, I like that. I feel good. And then I look back and I'm like, oh. I was like, but this is really, you know what I mean? Like, I'm always yeah. studying my own tapes for some reason. That's helped me improve a lot because I feel like I'm just sitting there. And like, I'm a, I'm a stickler for like, I want the little things to look good. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, like now, because I've like progressed as a wrestler i've started worrying about more story and like moments than i did moves because moves is just bolt like it's bro it's just filler you know what i mean it's get it's get more out of less so like now i'm like all right like what could i have done in this moment it got like better so like i always am watching my matches or i'm always going up and looking up new like i always watch just like a crap ton of lucha underground like anytime i'm getting into something or i want to start doing something i kind of start leaning towards that style and i like study everything about that style because like my stuff is like i have a very unique style in wrestling but my style is legit like me doing moves and just figuring out ways that i do it uniquely that no one else can do you know what i mean so like it's 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 a lot <laughs> it's a lot sometimes i have to like I, I i i like a day i like have like an hour of wrestling i need to watch i don't watch i don't watch any of my stuff i, I just an hour wrestling i need to watch i'll watch a sh- like a crap ton it doesn't matter if it's world of sport all the way like i'll watch pancreas sometimes wow. you know what i mean like yeah. it's, it's 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 just like whatever's on the wheel like and i, I think that's it like i'm just like i'm such a perfectionist mm-hmm. and like this is the one thing that i actually care about or I felt like I've actually had the opportunity. Like my brother was the football star. You know what I mean? My other brother was the mechanic. My other brother's an electrician. My sister's going to college. There's so many other things that like I just couldn't find. You know what I mean? And like now I have it. Wow. 
I can go all in on this. And like, and there's so many ways to just upgrade yourself for wrestling. You don't even realize it. Like you're first starting out, you're worried about putting a match together. But the minute you get a match together, you're like, oh crap. Okay. How can I put character right here? You know what I mean? Or man, damn, yo, that spot sucked, bro. Why did I even think about that? You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot. I mean, I just like, I'll, even my promos, I watch my promos over and over and over again because I like little facials and details and I want to see what I did that I, I didn't like plan to do because most of the time now I don't plan to do stuff because that's how you just get natural reaction. So I want to see, all right, let me see that natural reaction so maybe I can plan it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think I think that's it. It's just been the hustle, the grind, and like me just trying to get every aspect of my wrestling down. Cause like it's hard, and like I've been struggling for six years because like I'm not from a I'm not from name school, and I don't have a name trainer. And my 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 upbringing right now is a lot like a lot different than anyone else that's been on the indies right now. You know what I mean? Like I'm going the way that they used to do it in wrestling. The first year and a half of my career, I was on the road with big time wrestling as a greenie helping out, knowing I wasn't going to get out on shows, but being there because that's what I had to do. I had to pay my dues and that's how they did it. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't known in my territory for a year and a half until I popped through and worked at Lim like worked at Let's Russell. Yeah, like, and like, I feel like that's helped me too. Like I, like I changed like, and I'm not even being like a piece of crap, but like I changed the New England territory for a time. You had to, you had to know one person to get booked on all the big shows. And if that one person didn't know you, you weren't getting booked. I was the first person that got booked on both major shows beyond a limitless that this person never even met. You know what I mean? I was a kid from a school that everyone stole their stuff from like, bro, it's wild, bro. It's wild. I don't know. It's, yeah, like when I was like, going to introduce you, I was almost going to introduce you as like an overnight success because to me, it's like you came out of nowhere. And when I started seeing you, you were in like big spots, like you were the memorable part of the show. Yeah, but I know with anybody that's looked at as an overnight success, there's five years of grinding. There's 10 years of grinding before that that nobody knows about. So. I didn't want to start off with like that, but it definitely sounds like, you know, you got hot quick and it's just, how can I keep this ball moving forward? Well, yeah. Cause like once you grab that lightning, bro, you never want to let go. Cause like somebody else is going to grab that lightning. You know what I mean? Like, I, like <laughs> it's, it's like, you can't like my parents, like everyone, like I was at the house. They'd be like, yo, you're wrestling too much. You, you, I'm, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, like they would get the deep voice on, like they were intimidated. You need to take a day off. No more show this day. I went, nah. Mom going to the show, walked right out the door. You know what I mean? Like, because like I like it's just like it, it's like I, I worked for freaking five years. Like I wasn't known in my territory for legit like two years. And then I like the pandemic happened and I thought I was like lost because I was like, damn. You know what I mean? Like I was trying to make myself pop off before the pandemic. But it wasn't really going on because I was just starting to hit traction. And, like, the pandemic happened. I was like, damn, bro, what am I going to do? I may not even have wrestling anymore. To be honest, if it wasn't for the road and, like, Limitless, like, I don't know what would I, you know what I mean? Like, where I would have been because I feel like if it wasn't for the pandemic, I wouldn't have progressed the way I would. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I, I learned so much even from facing AC from the road. You know what I mean? I was having matches that I'd never had against the person before. You know what I mean? And the way they were structured, like, it was like TV matches. I never had TV matches. I had, like, local indie matches. And, like, it was legit, like, two years of work grinding at Let's... Like, it was a year grinding at Let's Russell. It was, you know what I mean? 
a whole like two years grinding plus the pandemic to even get like to get into limits and be like a main guy that like is there every day and people know and people want to see you know what I mean because at the end of the day like I was still one of the new new guys from Let's Wrestle so there was a million other people that were getting spots on shows that I could have got my opportunity so like yeah I mean it, it's fun I'm happy you know it's wild like when I first like like I said like I was trying to make myself pop off, but I realized that, like, I just can't do that. Like, I stopped. I was like, I stopped making, trying to make myself pop off, and all of a sudden, I popped off. But that's just how it happens sometimes. You can't really, like, force it. Everyone's road's different at the end of the day. Like, this was the moment that I was meant to pop off at. Some people pop off later. Some people, you know what I mean? It's like when people get signed. Some people get signed in a year. Some people get signed in 10 years. At the end of the day, you're going to get signed, but just because you didn't get signed a year doesn't mean you're not worth it. You know what I mean? It just means you got to grind a little bit more and build yourself. You know what I mean? So, yeah, bro. That's it's 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 wild, bro. I wouldn't expect like like I know I'm rambling, but I'm not really rambling cuz like I'm just like I'm kind of shocked of like how far I've done it in wrestling cuz like when I first started, like my parents were told like he may not do anything. None of these none of these guys make anything cuz at that point no one at my school has ever put on or did anything. You know what I mean? They they started to get out and then they were on shinies for the rest of their career. I was the kid that everyone looked up to make fun of their match even though I was a green kid and I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And I'm sorry for swearing, but I didn't know what I was doing. Oh, no. You know what I mean? Sorry. Yeah. Like, and now I'm like, bro, I'm top of the territory. I'm the top dog. I was the person that you guys said I would never be. I had a WWE tryout at five years. You know what I mean? People like go for 10 years without even having that. So like now I'm just like, wow, bro, like I really did it and I'm really doing it right. And it's just like crazy. You know what I mean? Because all them people that like I had people coming up to me, bro, that like were talking crap about me. I never even knew they talked crap about me. They just walked up like, hey, bro, I'm just not going to lie. Like, I used to pull up your matches and make fun of you. And I'm just like, oh, thanks, bro. I, I never knew you did it, so okay. Thanks, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, uh, that's yeah. wild. You know, I just want to say, Joe, before you finish, hearing you go on about this stuff, actually, it reminds me of, there was a quote from uh, Conor McGregor on his way up, and he said, I'm not better at this than anybody. I'm just more obsessed with this than anybody. I, you know? I sit here, like, I'll legit be in the middle of a conversation and start thinking of a spot. And you can ask any wrestler that's been in the locker room with me. I will legit stop there and just start doing this. Or, like, you'll mm -hmm. see my hands moving. And I'm just thinking in my head, all right, I need to do this. And, like, I just start thinking of stuff. What can I do? What can I do? Like, I'm really, like, this is the only thing I care about. So when I get in wrestling mode, I'm in wrestling mode. Like, you can ask anybody else. I'm always, like, I'm always wrestling with people. I'm always walking up and chopping and hitting forearms and trying to pick you up and do arm bars. And everyone's <laughs> like Alec, 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 bro, come on, come on, come on. And I'm always doing it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, but if I don't hit you, I don't love you. Like, that's just the way I show love is by just like, you know what I mean? Like hitting and moving and chaining and stuff like that. Like in a good way. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But yeah. But bro, no, you've just... been, you've been very gracious with your time today. What are some of your goals for 2023 and then promote what you'd like to promote? My goals for 2023 is to get signed. I love indie wrestling, but I didn't get into wrestling to be an indie wrestler. I grew up on TV wrestling. I want to be signed. I want to be everywhere. That's, I mean, that's my end all be all dream. I think that's a lot of people's dream, but like, that's my dream. Like, I love the indies. I want to be here as long as that they, you know, the indies will have me and then I can be signed. But I, yeah, I want to go, bro. You know what I mean? Like, I love it. I'm, thankful for everything but i want to be signed you know what i mean i want to be making bread this is this is this is what i want to do for the rest of my life so that's it also i want to go to europe i feel like this year i really got a lot of my goals that's the one thing i want i want to go to europe i want to wrestle in portugal 
I want to go over there, maybe spend a tour like for like a month or two, figure it out. And where people can find me, it's easy. The Prize City OG Twitter and Instagram is the same handle. Also, I think I think you can get me on Facebook at the Prize Alec Price. Also, I got my Facebook page. I may or may not accept you for my account, but you can go on my page. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I'm quick. I'm I'm a good looker. I got a face only a mother can love. But I'm telling you right now, I'm the best wrestler you'll see. The best wrestler you'll ever see. The best, best, best OG. So come through. Come see me. Oh, also, Pro Wrestling Tees. I forgot I got a Pro Wrestling Tees store. Go to my Pro Wrestling Tees store. Buy some merch. You know what I mean? Like, there you go. <laughs> I couldn't I have said it. it better myself. Thank you again for joining. Thank you Thank for you. having me. Read about the Northern Wrestling Federation in the book presented by Russellville.com, the, the Pro, Pro Wrestling Fault, Volume 2. Hear the story of Roger Ruffin, the man who trained Carl Anderson, Anderson the Monster Abyss, Jordan Clearwater, Chris Harrison, Jillian Hall. Plus 45 other short stories including Jazz, Bobby Eaton, Kamala, Thunder Rosa, Mario Mancini, Scott Casey, PJ Black, Carrie Morton, Sal Renaro, Jeremiah Plunkett, Colby Carino, Bam Bam Malone, and many others. Get your book today at Russellville.com. Russellville. It's where wrestling lives. Fans, welcome back to episode 177 of the Working Fans Podcast. This is a guest so big. It's the end of the year, worst of 2022. You know Dave's got to deliver bread in the morning, so I've got him up <laughs> at all hours. But we've got the host of the long and winding Royal Road, the shirt available at store.postwrestling.com. Link in the comments. We are here with the illustrious WH Park. WH, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm feeling very uh, illustrious. Thanks for the wonderful in intro there. I, I don't think I it's uh, as deserved as you're making, like, me. I don't think I'm as big a deal as you're making me out to be, but I, I appreciate the, the nice words. <laughs> oh, no problem. We are glad to have you because fans of the long and winding Royal Road, and this year you had the distinction of not only having Eddie Kingston on your show, he also wore a shirt that caused the shirt to get shut down. There was like a redesign. Tell us about all that. How was it to have Eddie on the show and then to see your shirt on national TV? So I think I'm trying to remember the, the actual timeline. So we, we made the shirt. And so John Cena, the host of one of our shows, shot in the dark, he goes to a lot of shows in New York city area. And he was at a show that Eddie Kingston was on. Um, and then, you know, he went up to him because John likes to go meet the wrestlers and get photographs and autographs and things like that. He went up to Eddie and Eddie saw that John was wearing the shirt, the original shirt for Royal Road, which has the images or pillars on it. And he just got talking to him. And then he, John contacted myself and said, oh, like he likes this shirt. And I was, I was like, oh, really? Okay. Mm -hmm. So I contact Wei, Wei Ting. And I said, maybe we just send it to him. Like, let's find out his, get his contact info. And we get his contact info and we say, Hey, would you, would you like, you know, both colors, the what black and the white ones? And he said, yeah, send them to me with, and we just thought that'd be nice. Like he's a fan of the era. Like me, he has a passion for it. Like I do. And I thought that's cool. Like that someone who I would say is arguably probably at that time, at least, and maybe I would say even to this day right now, but like, even despite his lack of exposure on uh, AEW television, like at the time he was probably the most popular wrestler, like beloved by fans. Right. Like 
he has that everyman quality that mm. people just latch onto that like that no one else in the business in 2022 had and then so we contacted him we sent him the shirts and thinking nothing of it and then i'm at work right and then my fucking twitter i can swear on this right? oh yeah oh go yeah ahead. you okay i meant to tell you earlier you can go off because we hope you will later <laughs> so my fucking twitter like starts exploding like my you know mentions oh my god you see this and i'm like what's going on like, and then i then i see oh screen captures of like he's wearing the shirt and i'm i'm freaking out i'm like holy shit he's wearing this i don't because i never thought he would he would do it on he would wear it on television right and so <laughs> like and just like all these notifications da 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 and then i'm not gonna go too much into the you know quote unquote controversy about it because i don't like to give air nobodies mm -hmm. right but some nobody like who had a grudge with something I said about the company they work for in Japan. Like that's the, and that's, that's the only fucking reason this person like complained about it because like I, I criticized his promotion because they were just really stupid fucking things booking wise, um, like basically destroying their future to like, you know, uh, solve the, the, the ego of like some 50 year old guy who has no business being their champion, but oh, there you go. But anyways, that being said, he goes off on a on this like he puts out a tweet criticizing the shirt and tags. Uh, I don't. He never tagged me. I don't think. But he tagged he tagged the the post wrestling and and that was his biggest mistake because then everyone went after him right and we me so me and the post guys we had to do we said nothing because we didn't have to. We, right. we just saw like all these people rallying behind us and just going after him because of the hypocrisy and like the city of the comment. But you know, here's the thing with about the shirt, the original design being pulled, like we, we don't want controversy, right? Like he, and especially John Wayne, this is their business, right? Yeah. It's not my business. Like at the end of the day, it doesn't hurt me, it, but it has the potential to, to harm their business. And I don't want to see that happen. Like in hindsight, I, I like in hindsight, I think we, I can think I can safely say, like if we just wrote it out for 24 hours, it probably wouldn't pull the shirt or and come up with the new design. But the, the fact of the matter is the new design did gangbuster mm. and we donated money to, to charity for that. And not only did we donate proceeds of that t-shirt sale of the new design to charities, we also, John and Way matched it. They didn't have to do that. Yeah. That's that's what kind of upstanding guys to are and how much they care of like the, you know, Okay, we want we want to do some good. Like this is a kind of a dumb situation. Let's fix it, and then but let's try to make something you know kind of make something good out of this kind of dumb situation. We we did with the proceeds from the t-shirt sales, but then they they stepped up. They and they didn't have to do anything like that because I think just donating the proceeds percentage of the, of the sales to to charity was good enough. But they they said no, we're gonna match it. Yeah, I think it just shows like how pure your intentions were. Like somebody's coming after you guys trying to minimize what you do and you're like no we're just trying to put a shirt out for something we like and if you're going to accuse us of something we'll just double down on the side of right and it just makes it makes you guys look better not like you said not that you had but to it's do that. genuine it's not as an, it's, it's genuine it's just so i think that's why it just shines through well i mean they have a history right like john away yeah. have a history like they did the shows about crown jewels you know the saudi arabia shows and yeah. their first show about that they they raised money for charities causes you know related to saudi arabia and then they matched it you know so i mean that's that's all you need to know like i i don't have to convince myself because i've known i've known john for i can't remember how many years now like maybe close to 20 now you know, and I've known way maybe half of that, but like I know them both 
very well. Like I know what, like genuinely what great people they are. WH host of the long and winding Royal road. How do you like podcasting and how did you get into it? Cause you almost like John and way are more broadcasters and you just seem more like that regular guy that they're bringing in that they just love to hear him talk. Like, Give him a subject and let him go. I would probably say the roots of my podcaster stem from my relationship mainly with him. I've known him for a long, long time before he was even involved with the law. Like, because he was like 16, he would come to these Monday night wrestling viewing parties at this place called O'Grady's and we got to become friends. And then, you know, as the years progress, he's going to broadcasting school in Toronto and then he gets an internship doing stuff with um, the law. And then he gets a job with the Fight Network and blah, blah, blah. Then then the post-wrestling comes out. But like when I, I moved to Japan in 2011 and when I was going to go to Japan, like, you know, John Way like invited me to a show with them. One of like when the law, was it Rewind or Review? Review, Review Away, right? At the time. I, I'm I trying to remember. So, yeah. I'm, I'm terrible with my memory. Like, I, you know, but like at the time they were like, Let, let's, let's talk about like something that you love. And I, you know, I, we talked about the J cup from 1994. Um, mm. And so we, I it was the first time I ever kind of pod podcasted with them and it was, it did really well. A lot of, a lot of positive feedback from that. And then, you know, John was like, Hey, shit, we got a, we got a live correspondent in the country and you're going to shows. Why don't we just do a show together? And so the original idea for that was me and John. And then later on, like we got in, uh, Chris Charlton, who's like one of the English broadcasters for, for New Japan now, contacted us and said, oh, I, I live in Japan too. I would love to see if we can do things together. And some from that, we, we created like Japanese audio wrestling. We did that for several years. And then for a variety of reasons, mainly because I, I you know, like the timeline uh, is, is kind of up in the air, but like mainly I left just because like I was like busy and stuff like that. And then Chris left had to leave the show after me because he got a job with new japan for wrestling he was kind of conflicted to talk about you know you know seeing the scene in general with him being working for his company in this so he left and then i came back and then you know we kind of like it kind of like was me and one of my, my co-hosts at the time jojo remy and that was fun i really liked doing the show with jojo but it just became more of a kind of like like we we were doing it just out of obligation mainly i think at the time, maybe like not that our love for wrestling waned that much. Like mine was like still strong, but JoJo's was kind of like up and down. And so like the show kind of like went away for a while. And then the whole thing with John Wade leaving the fight network happened. And then them starting post wrestling. And then I get an email from John saying, We want we're this is our new venture. If you heard about what happened, blah blah blah, would you be interested in coming back in a show and i and i i said yeah i would love to but my main my main condition was like i only want to do the show if i do the show that that was it. and then you know from there five years later i i do post perez with john whenever we're available to do the show recently it's a little bit harder for us to mesh our schedule but i also do the mcu later disney plus marvel universe cinematic universe reviews with, with way now whenever there's a show on disney plus or there's a movie coming out that's always fun because that's the first time i've done anything regular with way so that's really cool um that we got to do that and then and then i do the long and windy real road that was a project that i that i came up with after doing two other kinds of series of a similar vein which was my g1 review show called 
Cruel Summer, and then I did a, a Jushin Liger retrospective show leading up to his retirement called Thunderstruck. That was, you know, like leading all leading up to this show was like my passion project because that's the era of wrestling. 1990s All Japan Pro Wrestling is the thing I love the most, the history of my fandom of this crazy sport. I want to sidebar. I just want one quick question off the wrestling because you're talking about MCU and I, there's only a chance I'm going to ask this to you and I didn't get to hear your opinion on it. What were your thoughts on uh, Werewolf at Night? That was one of my favorite ones. You might have oh, hated I, it. I, I loved it. You did? I loved, okay. I loved it because it was different. Yeah. I loved it because it was trying to be uh, an homage to a certain type mm-hmm. of hor- horror monster film, a bygone era. And, and I just liked the idea of like, let's do something that's not like right. our, our movies or some of the TV shows we've been doing. This is complete. It's black and white. It, 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 uh, it embraced like, you know, the kind of wackier side, not wackier side, but kind of like the more uh, niche side of the Marvel universe in the comics, bringing that to, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And and I, I'm excited. I hope there's more. Yeah. Yeah. I like the one episode format as a special presentation, too. And I say, yeah, let's keep doing that for a little while. And I hope the chemistry with everybody on this, I don't know. It just looked, it was like you, it was definitely something different. And I just, I thought they hit it out of the park with that. Yeah, I, I would love to see more of these, like they did the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas yeah. special. I thought that was fun. I, I hope more of these like one-off specials occur. And, and you know, me and Wei will be there to uh, to review them if, if they happen. And, and what I was wondering now, because you're so synonymous like, with your love of all Japan pro wrestling, but was what was your initial fandom in wrestling? I, I don't know, like, you know, like, what was the first stuff you ever saw? It would be the WBF. Would be, yeah. And sometime in 84, Okay. Because I remember getting into it like post WrestleMania one. And then like all my friends are talking about it. I kind of was aware of professional wrestling, but I never really watched it. And then everyone's talking about, you know, WrestleMania, like Mr. T versus Piper and Orndorff and everything else. And so I started watching it like, okay, it's on Saturday mornings on it's coming out of the, the, the Buffalo, New York affiliate that that's close to Toronto. So I'm watching it there. And then there's, there's a Toronto like based affiliate that's also showing like I think it was called Maple Leaf Wrestling at the time. Yeah. And and so like I'm like a hey, Hulk Hogan. I never got into Hogan. Even <laughs> as a kid, I was like, this guy's fucking boring. Right? <laughs> so like the first wrestler I ever really got into be the Dragon Steamboat. Yes. Um, <laughs> partly because it's like, well, he kind of looks like me. You don't see too much representation of Asian people who aren't like some fucking racist stereotype back right. then, or even up till like now. So right. I was going to say, uh, like, I feel yeah. like they've never fully gotten away from it. No. Yeah. So, like, even though he's doing a ninja gimmick, at the time, like, I'm like, I'm like, you know, like, I'm like, fuck, yeah, ninjas are cool. This guy's cool. And, he's, and top it off, like, he's a great wrestler. And he's yeah. one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. So I'm following this guy. And through him, I'm like, okay, who else is, like, I don't really like the main event scene. Hogan right. and King Kong Bundy and, like, Andre the Giant. It's not for me. That's, that's not what I get into so then i then i see the british bulldogs show up on tv wrecking jobbers left right and center but like they're doing it in such a way that it's like oh my god this is like this is what i want to watch this is like the kind of wrestling that that is drawing me in so i'm getting into them i'm getting to people like paul orndorff who i think was yes. a super underrated wrestler randy savage tito santana people like that and as people come into the wf as my fandom like continues it's like kurt henning mr perfect loved mm-hmm. him you know, ravishing recruits. So I, I was always more of a work rate person, even like at the start of my fandom, hated Hogan, hated the ultimate warrior, like, you know, loved Steamboat, loved, you know, like Bret Hart, you know, yeah. back in his Hart Foundation days. I was like, when he went singles, I was like, 
over them because I thought that's that that's what I wanted to see. I want to see this guy apply his trade and like when his ascension was like amazing to him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for me too. He ended up being like he was one of those guys. I don't know if you felt the same way. Like he was in that tag team, and then you saw him go singles, and you're like, oh, cool. You know, he's gonna have this great intercontinental run and everything. And then when he wins the world title, it's like. Oh, you know, it didn't yeah. seem like that happened for those guys back then because it was no. still very much that Hogan era. Yeah. Like, like the '80s were a great like a time for tag teams in the WWE, right. and like I, I always maintain like if you have a very vibrant tag team scene, this is this this a vibrant tag team scene should be your developmental. Look who came out of it. Like you, like from the '80s, you had not only Bret Hart come out of the Hart Fund, you had Shawn Michaels come out of the Rockers, you had uh, like David Boy Smith come out of the British Bulldogs. You had all these guys like plying their trades, making a name for them in this company as tag team wrestlers. And then when when Vince was ready to push them as singles, he's like, okay, the fans are already familiar with them. And then like to see like tag teams not be used like that way as, as a way to kind of season people. Like if you put a young rookie with like a more established wrestler, that's a great t- that's a great formula for for getting that younger wrestler, you know, ready to become a singles star later on. Because like they're gonna learn from riding in the car with the, their tag team partner. They're gonna learn in watching the in the ring. Like oh, this is what he does. This is what gets reaction. That's the thing. So like I would love to see that kind of tag team culture come back to wrestling a bit more. Now it's like everyone's just like we're gonna be a dedicated tag team. That's cool, and I love dedicated tag teams. But like I would also like to see two singles guys put together to form a tag team like. And say, oh, you're going to put the, push them as a tag team, put them off. Like, I think NXT Black and Gold was really great for that as well. We you had like sure. uh, Champa and, and Gargano was like that. And I think the idea with the American Alpha was going to be something similar with you're going to push off, what was his name? Uh, Jason Jordan and, and Gable. Chad, Chad, Chad Gable. Chad Gable, right? Yeah. yeah. You're going to push those guys, like split them off eventually like, at some point, at least in NXT, not maybe not in the main roster, but. You know, that that's the last era of that. You don't really see that in, like, I feel. Yeah, and I was thinking, um, too, uh, more of this, too. I think Dustin Rhodes credits a lot of his success early on for teaming up with guys like Ricky Steamboat, Barry Windham in that era. And he talked about he had all these great people that he could work tag teams with. That era of WCW, I don't know how successful it was financially, but so much talent was around that era. At oh, that yeah, time. not only... Like Barry Windham, Steamboat, Dustin Rhodes was teaming with those guys, but you also had like Steamboat teaming with Shane Douglas. And I mm-hmm. think that really helped Shane Douglas sure. become a you know become more confident wrestler. Um, also, but then you had like you know the the big heel tag team was the Hollywood Blondes, Brian Pillman right. and Steve Austin, and it's like you know Steve Austin will tell you like that was probably the pivotal moment of his career where he was like I'm starting to get this. I know what draws heat because with Pillman and Pillman was like one of the smartest people in the business about how to get heat and how to, how to work psychology. And so like, he's teaching all this to, to Austin, you know, and, and the rest is history. Yeah, definitely. Now we're getting to the main event of the episode five, three, one worst of the year. Five, three, one is our signature segment where we take your top five list on a particular subject. Top vote getters get narrowed down to a top three. Then we debate it to a top one and WH is gonna kind of comment on some of the list he doesn't follow everything so we just kind of brought him in to spitfire where he where he needs to so my first list is from john white he's got the austin theory money in the bank run ftr not being on tv a lot elimination chamber event scott hall death and then his number five was rick flair's last match did you get to see rick flair's last match no but 
I don't support anything Ric Flair does anymore because like, I mean, not that it's a surprise, but Ric Flair kind of was kind of like exposed. Wow. He's a terrible fucking no. So like, no, I mean, is it his last match? I don't think so. I'm sure he'll get back in the ring. I'm sure he's just going to break his like, oh, that's my last match. I think he's already talked about it, hasn't he? He's going to get back in the ring again. Yeah, I don't know like if it's making that many ways, but it's definitely been mentioned. So I, I, I think it's sad. You know, I I like I've seen clips of it. I've seen gifs and clips of it. Yeah. I just think it was sad. Like, yeah. know, could bless bless like people like you know like you know Jeff Jarrett and and Jay Lethal for trying to do the best they can, and they try to carry it and to some semblance of you know possibility. But still, it's like you know, however old Ric Flair is, in terrible shape. He could die at any minute, which is you know like to put to put people through that like oh if he takes the wrong bump he's he could have a heart attack and die right. in the ring i'm sure he would love that but guess what nobody in the audience wants to see that no one in their fucking ring wants to see that so it's just like this sad attempt by this fucking like guy who's like way way past his due date just trying to hang on to some like a semblance of i don't know what what's the word i'm looking relevancy you know i was gonna say relevancy because it seems like just when you forget about Ric Flair, when he gives up on another podcast or just decides I'm not going to do this anymore, whether it's a marriage or a podcast, he's not afraid to cut it short in the middle. And even after that last match, he did an angle in Puerto Rico. I think he showed up in Mexico. The whole rest of that card was great. And then just the end reminded you how old he he is and it's like oh wow we got worked for our money in this main event <laughs> and it didn't even look like he tried no i mean i don't think he can right he's just right. Like, having in the in the the gas tank and no like i i i have no interest in watching anything of rick flair ever done like i i think of like shot the Shawn michaels matches that's the end of his career and i don't think of anything after he's like as an in-ring performer i don't think of anything after that as existing like if he wants to be a manager that's great that's what his role should or some kind of something utilizing his speaking ability definitely right. now, dave who do you got for a list all right a friend of the show scott he sent me a list uh, marina shafir cut a promo this is number one marina shafir cut a promo so brutal that i long for the days of brandy rose versus dan lambert feud <laughs> number two the ghost of kg mudo still got in the ring throughout 2022 his knees however did not wrestling fans still have access to the internet and managed to ruin everything especially being a wrestling fan or i was forced to watch an entire house of torture match at a live show where i couldn't escape and couldn't change the channel i was sick for the entire match that followed and finally the wrestling world lost Antonio Inoki, Tim White, Dave Hebner, and Scott Hall in 2002, but we still have, or sorry, 2022, but we still have Kevin Dunn. <laughs> so and there we have it. This, this guy's trying to take your job here. I think he's kind uh, of where he's well, going. I, 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 I don't think I ever wished death on any, but uh, no, that's true. Know, so, um, yeah, like, I guess the thing for me on that list is Mudo. You know, yeah. his last third embarrassment protesting Noah in the spotlight away from the young talent, beating like Kaido Kimia and not putting that kid over. Like, and him and like Kazuyuki Fujita just like drawing like, the next generation of guys who should already be established, like Go Shizaki, uh, Katsuhiko Nakajima, uh, Keno. Like, these guys all suffered under the Noah era of like Kishimoto and Kazuyuki Fujita because like they, none of these guys put any of these dudes over. And then they just ruined like, you know, like Kaido Kiyomiya should be like, be talked about like 
how Kazuchika Okada was talked about 2015, 2016, but he's not because he got he got fucked by Keiji Muto. And I, I don't like saying this because Keiji Muto is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. But you know, I'm you just you just you know you gotta call it as you see it, right? And then it's, yeah. it's he's been terrible for that company. He's been terrible for the business in general over there, and it's it, it's it's you know like I, I'm glad he recognized that he has to retire, like just physically like his knees are gone but also i think it's it, it's a good thing that he's going to be gone from like taking the spotlight away from you know younger talent who have to who have to carry the burden of making money for the company that they work for for like drawing fans in to like their product and it's hard to do that when like a guy who's in his 60s and a guy who's in his late 50s are like just destroying all the young talent like why would you get behind a product like that like i i i don't want to see a product like that i can't imagine people younger than me want to see a product like that so you know in, in the proof is in the pudding like their business has been hurt like hopefully they're on the right track to, to like improving it but you know the next two years will will tell tell the story yeah almost like the japanese rick flair in that way that he almost doesn't know when to go away and it's almost more dangerous to the business to stay rather than to retire when you should. Yeah. I mean, with, I think the danger with wrestling and wrestlers, especially people who reach a legendary status is like, you know, they, they, you know, believe their own hype. They think mm -hmm. I am a legend. I, I can contribute more to this business. Well, no, not really. Like it's like watching Chris Jericho now. Like he has become everything he rallied against in WCW. He's become Hulk Hogan. He's become Kevin Nash, a, polit a politician trying to stay relevant by like keeping himself on top. Oh no, WH, he's put people over. No, he's put himself in feuds with younger, like relevant wrestlers. And but everyone who's come out of like feuding with him has not has not benefited from him. The only person who's ever benefited from a feud with Chris Jericho is Chris Jericho. <laughs> in the last <laughs> in the in the in the in since the inception of aew i mean i i might be missing like i don't follow it super closely you, you could say this wrestler benefited from with chris Jericho. okay maybe there's one maybe two but y y if you're gonna try to convince me there's more than at best like you're 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 not you just save your breath yeah i don't know if any feud has helped like somebody with jericho if anything it just keeps jericho rel relevant like when Daniel Garcia was the hot thing, they paired him with Jericho. And that could have been a device like, will he split off? Will he stay with him? But now it's like, oh, you've just got Daniel Garcia as a sports entertainer. And for me, I'm like, eh, and they never did anything with it. doesn't win me as much. They never, like the, the logical step would be to like have him start associating with Brian Danielson form a tag team with that and then they fight against Jericho and his in his group like you know Sammy Guevara and Jack ha Jack Hager Jake Hager and and 2.0 whatever right like you don't see that but that would be the next evolutional step for Garcia as a character as a wrestler is like okay get the rub not from Jericho you already got the rub like in the sense like okay like he's endorsed him and you have the natural story because Jericho helped pay for like the hospital bills his, co his fellow wrestlers from Buffalo getting that car accident and that's great great that's a great right. thing that Chris Jericho did I'm not taking it from that but he's he hasn't done anything for Garcia beyond that and it's like now now who talks about Garcia now nobody nobody talks about Garcia everyone talks about fucking Sammy Guevara you know, I think he's overrated. Yeah. You know, like Garcia is like to me in that company, like Garcia, Garcia, Wheeler, Yuta. And if they ever get their head out of their ass, like Lee Moriarty, you'd be guys like, okay, we're going to build around these guys. Plus like 
Hook, plus like you know um, Darby Allen. But where are these these are the like guys you know that should be like okay they're just underneath Mox and like why why Danielson is not a former AEW World Champion right is ridiculous to me i don't care if he doesn't want to be the champion if i'm tony right. khan if i'm if i'm the owner of aw i'm like i don't care what you want i've got you i want you to be my champion i want you to have a six-month reign with that belt and have awesome fucking matches like every other every three weeks and then headline pay-per-view right like that's that's what i would do if i had brandon under contract yeah. but they don't use him like that which is crazy to me like Regardless of what he wants, it's like, hey, I pay your salary. <laughs> I want you to be the champion of my company. Like, you, so you're going to be the champion of my company. You know what I mean? That's where a wrestling promoter has to, like, put down their foot and not try to be fucking friends with the people on the roster. Like, that's why I think my my view of Tony Khan is, like, he tries, he has all this money. And he's like, hey, do you want to be my friend? And they're all <laughs> like, yeah, we do. And then, then they just fucking take advantage of him. And he doesn't have any fucking, he doesn't have a fucking spine, right? Because, like, if he had a spine, Sam Punk would never said any half the fucking shit he said next to him. Mind you, I was laughing my ass off during right. that press scrum. I was, like, dying. Because I thought, agree with that? Agree with that? Yeah. <laughs> agree with that? Not everything I agree with, but, like, a lot of things. Like, but if I'm Tony Khan, I'm, like, I tell him, right. the Mike, we're done. Go, go, go. We'll talk later. You, you're out of here right now. Like, I yeah, was, like, I how do you let your employee do that in front yeah. of you and just take it in, like? That's yeah. something where you're like, hold on, like we gotta stop this. And and right. no rest, no active wrestler should be an executive in the company. Yeah, because that's just a recipe disaster. As you're seeing, I think it's it's very evident that having EVPs is not a good thing for that company. You need people who aren't actively in the ring, who aren't trying to get them themselves over, trying to make as much money as possible. Because every wrestler in that company, every wrestler in wrestling, their main goal is to make as much mm -hmm. as possible. Right. So like how you can do that? Well, you got to be on TV a lot. You got to sell more merchandise than everyone else. And how do you do that? You, well, you got to be the fucking main event. Right. So, you know, like I don't, people can make arguments. These, this group of do that. Yes, they do. Mm -hmm. Yes, they do. They've been doing it since fucking new Japan. Oh yeah. They've been doing it since the inception of this fucking company. And you know, if Tony Khan ever just like fucking you know, stopped, you know, managing a football team and, uh, you know, a soccer team and just devoted himself to wrestling or hired some fucking people who knew what they're doing. I think, you know, and I want AEW to succeed. I do not want a fucking McMahon family monopoly on fucking wrestling. I fucking hate that family, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I'd, I want to see Tony Khan and AEW succeed. People think, oh, you hate that company who's in it and stuff. No, I might not watch it regularly, but I don't hate it. I don't want it to fail. I want it to succeed. But if it's, if it's going to be stupid, and may and and just be you know ludicrous i i'm not gonna stop laughing about it i think it's hilarious you know yeah if i was tony khan i'd be worried because look at what happened when the bucks and omega left roh and just gutted that company but the next list i got for you is from noted AEW fan josh deboard from the podcast regularly scheduled hostility and his number one was the explosion which when I asked him about it, he said the exploding ring death match. Oh God. Which I'm pretty sure was the year before, but I didn't have it written down. So I wasn't hundred percent. The press conference shit with punk in the elite Brock winning the rumble theory, winning money in the bank and Vince being a rapist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say though that I, I will say Vince being exposed for being scumbag and getting ousted from his own company. Mind you, he still owns all the shares, so he's he's still making a shitload of money. 
doesn't no. matter. Like, it's off of everything. But yeah, is he? You know, just let's be clear about that. He just doesn't get to have a creative say in the company anymore. But let me tell you something. I think there's a secret elevator. There's a secret parking lot that his fucking car goes into. There's a fucking fucking elevator that goes to his secret office that he's still doing stuff there. They just don't talk about it publicly, and he's hidden. He's hiding from like most of the nine to fivers there. Like, but I bet you like certain executives. Oh, he's been secret office eating like a, a, you know, two rare steaks and like on his fucking, like you know, his treadmill at the same time, you know? And, and like, he's not gone, gone. He's just publicly gone. But I think privately, he's probably still lurking about in, in Titan towers or whatever the fuck you call it. I wouldn't be surprised. Dave, who do you got next for a list? We got Ian Totten of the book in the territory Facebook group. He's got AEW still existing. Melcher, the WWE, this guy doesn't seem happy about anything. Indie wrestlers and uh, the elite having a job. So those are his top. I got a lot of that when putting these lists out. People just listed everything they hated about wrestling rather than what they hated. <laughs> why, about why do you, I want to know why he hates indie wrestlers. Yeah, indie wrestlers are the future of right. wrestling. Like, are there indie wrestlers that I like? Like, I'll see gifts or clips of, and I think, oh, you're ridiculous. You're <laughs> terrible. You are not a real wrestler. You're just a fucking entertainer pretending to be a wrestler. And there's a oh, difference. You might be talking about Luigi Primo, who took a there's... couple shots on AEW. Like, like he's just one of them. He's like a he's like a symptom. You know, here's the thing: is like comedy is not a glitch anymore in the sport of wrestling. It's now part of the programming. Yeah. Much to my chagrin, I I like you can have this. You can have these things like you know, like comedy wrestling and, and like kind of quirky characters. Like I, there's nothing wrong with that. But when, when like, you know, almost like 30, 40% of it is permeating throughout the scene. Like that's, that's not a good thing because people will turn against it. He's like, well, this is all haha joke, joke. Like I don't like performers who like actively tell you be, be based on their gimmick that wrestling is, I mm. want to, I want to believe it's, I, I want to suspend my discipline. You know what I mean? I don't want to be like, Oh, this guy's, not really doing anything seriously and we're supposed to believe that he is like you know i'll disagree with a lot of my peers over at post wrestling about like you know like comedy wrestling like it's not for me but a lot of them like it it's cool whatever but like i i i as a as a longtime fan that's why i like japanese wrestling for the most part and why i love all japan because it's a it's considered a sport and it's presented as a sport like you can have your DDT pro wrestling, she can have like, you know, character like your chikaras and, and things like that. Like those those have a place. And I've I've enjoyed my my fair share of like a chikara show in the past. But like would I devote myself to an entire pro like supporting a product like that fully? No. It's a it's like, oh, just I'm gonna mix my like back in the day, I mix my ROH and my pro wrestling gorilla with like, you know, some oh like some chikara because there's a lot, of, a lot of great wrestlers that came out of there or were working there at the time. So, um, but like, I, I, like, again, just back to the original point, I don't understand the hate for indie wrestlers because indie wrestlers are what, if you love wrestling, well, right. guess where the future of wrestling is going to come from? Not from fucking the performance center. It's going to be independent wrestling. And like, there's a lot of great talent out there. A hundred percent. And a little Toriano goes a long way. Like for my list, I've got Ric Flair's last match was just that match was awful for me. The whole all out situation. I like AEW, but like this kind of ruined a punk comeback and it ruined the bucks and Omega kind of being in touch, like in step with Tony Khan. And it made this whole AEW experiment to me. That was like the first big signs of it unraveling. 
I've got the state of Ring of Honor. I really liked Ring of Honor. I think what it was great that Tony Khan bought it and wants to help it, but nothing that they've done this year has made me super happy about it. And I've been to a pay-per-view live. Four was fans complaining rather than supporting the indies. Up in the Northeast, we got Beyond Wrestling, Limitless Wrestling. If you don't like who's on TV, check out IWTV. Check out Beyond Wrestling. See who's coming up. We've interviewed Dustin Waller, Kylon King, Alec Price. These guys are going to be the next big thing five, ten years down the road. And my last thing was Tyrus winning the world title for the <laughs> that's, NWA. That's, like, that's okay. That's not a world title. <laughs> that's not, it hasn't been a world title for like fucking like 30 years. I know. I almost feel like Pro Wrestling Illustrated is not even going to recognize it now that Tyrus is holding it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, to me, like the all out thing, just to get back to that, like, mm. I, I think it's sad that and I like CM Punk. I really, and I don't disagree yeah. with a lot of what he said, but the fact that he said it like that, that was like, un mm -hmm. and he, he did no, no, he did, did nothing to help himself subsequently. Like, he just looks like a fool. And, you know, that you get like fuck CM Punk chance in, mm. they got, he got fuck CM Punk chance in, in Chicago, right? Yeah, I heard it yeah. in Newark. I heard it in Newark. Newark yeah, there. but yeah. I think but when they did, they did a show in they did Dynamite, right? Yeah, the week after. Oh yeah, that was right after in, in Chicago, and there were like some punk chants in Chicago, which is like unheard of. But it, it goes to show you, like there is a segment of fans that in town that would support him through thick and thin that are like, mm -hmm. okay, well we support this company because they're an alternative to the WWE. But like, I mean, when I was in when I was in Chicago for for All Out, like there was like a small but vocal minority around me, like fucking like they're all for Mox. They they didn't like seeming like there's like fuck CM Punk chants around mm. me. Not not as not as vociferously loud as like the, the the pro punk you know crowd there, obviously. But it exists in Chicago. Like you know, like I'm 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 not one to always like cheer for the Canadian wrestler <laughs> or something like that, even though I'm from Canada. Um, but <laughs> I, I just think it's a shame because I think he had so much to offer that company, you know, as yeah. as his champion to put someone else over. Because I think I think there is a thing that we people don't put in the conversation more is that he genuinely tries to help younger wrestlers mm -hmm. elevate them because he cares about. I think he genuinely cares about wrestling as a sport and as a and like he knows that the future like the younger wrestlers and I think you know like that's a lot of that gets lost is like how he helped a lot of wrestling young wrestlers in the back get up as like no he was toxic he was poisoned who's who's feeding all this bullshit to people mm -hmm. like to like you know like if you read the newsletters and you see who's talking about these things well okay it's you know it's this guy who was threatened by punk being the top star in the company the guy brought the first million dollar gate for you know great like if you're if you've been if you're there in the inception and this guy comes in like two years you know what like two two years into it's uh it's after his creation he's like the one making all the drawing all the big pay-per-view buy rates and trying all these fucking million dollar gates and it wasn't you at the beginning of course you're gonna be like oh i'm gonna try to fucking get rid of this guy and i'm just gonna say he's he, everyone hates him it's nothing but but bad news in the locker room but like i'm sure for some people he was but that's wrestling. That's mm -hmm. you, you don't you don't think wrestling is full of like toxicity? Of course it is. That's it's it's a business based on lying. <laughs> the whole yeah. premise of wrestling is to lie to you, to me, to, to each other. Wrestlers are 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 in it 
to make money. <laughs> so if you make money, you got to stab people in the back. That's that's not a cynical view of wrestling. That's a realistic view of wrestling. That definitely is. Now, Dave, I've only got a couple lists left. Why don't you give me your next one? All right. For me, it was what we were just talking about kind of I, I wouldn't say much the scrum, but more like the downfall of CM Punk. You know, that whole situation. Because I'm a punk fan too. I wanted to see him do good things. It was tough that he was getting injured, but then to see I guess I would equate it to like almost you're in that argument with somebody, and maybe somebody's been needling you and needling you. But then you're the guy that blows up and it's like, okay, well now you kind of made it. You became the bad guy because of this huge reaction. Like you should have just, you know, like, you know, I don't know. It just what is what it was. I haven't been a fan of Vince for years, obviously, either. Like, you know, as the more you get to know about who this guy was. But it's like seeing all that stuff come out still is still such a bad look, you know. So I'd, I'd have to put it in there as one of my worst, too, because it's like it's just like, you know, I don't like talking to my girlfriend and stuff like, oh, is this what you watch? Yes, <laughs> you know. So it's that you know those were really kind of the two that really jumped off the page for me because it was kind of more that than like you know wrestling. So wrestling, there's always gonna be shitty wrestling storylines and stuff like that. I I try like to not even think about it, you know. Like when I see something shitty, I'm like that weird fan where I go, okay, I don't want to watch this, <laughs> you know. I guess it's just like I don't want to dwell on negative shit, but. Yeah, so the next list I got for you is from Albert Bettis. His number one is the EVPs screwing over CM Punk and ruining any potential AEW had built over this past year. Number two, Eric Young's murder on impact. He's (laughs) one of like three people that felt a way about that. Tony Khan buying and ruining Ring of Honor. (laughs) The Young Bucks in general. And then stupid gimmick matches. For example? uh, I think... This is why I feel like people were just complaining about what they hate in wrestling. Mm-hmm. It's probably the the war games that AEW did where somebody's always got to come off the top of the cage. Maybe the way Tony Khan goes to dog collar matches like once a year. He probably is thinking about the exploding ring death match. I feel like right now is a perfect time to shit on AEW. So people are just piling on with like the worst of what they hate about the company. Yeah. Well, I'll say, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I'd be curious what you think too. For me, one of the issues I have with gimmick matches and AEW, we could say, but also WWE is really bad at this, but like AEW, they had a dog collar match and I understand why they couldn't, they don't want the Briscoes on TV, but you basically announced that double dog collar match a couple days before pay-per-view, you know, there's, we're not building towards it. And then in WWE, we're having and their family looks like they're finally starting to get away from this. Thank God. But like the themed pay-per-views, you know, we just, we just had war games. Oh, that was themed too. So, but you know, like the theme, we had to hell in a cell pay-per-views all this time for a while. And it's just like, no, I, I kind of miss the days when we would build to these and they felt special. Like know? when you say every year at this time of the year, we're going to have hell in the cell matches they're not special because like you just expect them like if you have a a, a feud in a, in a wrestling company that's like okay this is we're gonna culminate this this is like naturally we're gonna culminate this a hell in a cell match like and that was like the top gimmick match in the wbf wbe for for a long time it's like this is how we're gonna blow off a feud i think that's how they blew off batista Triple H was, was yep. that in Hell in a Cell, right? Then they did, uh-huh. they 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 blew off so many other things, like a lot of Undertaker feuds blown off in, in Hell in a Cell became kind of like one of his signature matches, like along with the, like a casket match or what have you, right? right? So, but then they just 
bastardize this. Like, let's have a pay-per-view every year. Elimination Chamber, same thing. It's like, Elimination Chamber, like, I like the concept, but, like, they they have too many. Like, when you have two on the same show, I know they, you want to do something where, like, okay, we want to have a women's elimination. We want to have a men's right. elimination match. We want to have a women's war games match. You know what? That's awesome. Like, then just have the women's war games match. You know what right. I mean? And But build to it. Don't make it it's always this time of the year, like or Survivor Series is like that. I I kind of wish they go back to the traditional elimination tag matches of the Survivor Series. My favorite Survivor Series is when they had like every winner Survivor Series match went to oh. the, the grand finale, and like I I love. I wish they bring that concept back. I thought that was a wonderful gimmick, and that's one of my favorite. That and the Rumble, like, are I think the two mm-hmm. things that you can keep every year. But when you have like a Hell in a Cell match. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean what it was originally um, designed to do. And like the whole thing with AW, like just putting out gimmick matches just to have them. It's it, it again. It, it I think it it exposes the the kind of flaw of Tony Khan's philosophy of wrestling is like like that he an Uber fan, right? And I'm glad. Yeah. Like, listen, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I'll take fucking Tony over fucking Russo any day of the week. <laughs> yeah. I'll take Tony over like some of these other fucking people that start wrestling company that have no business at least he loves wrestling i'll give him that right. but like i just wish he would be smarter about it and not use it as kind of like a playground it's like the whole joke is like oh he plays ewr right the wrestling simulator game but now he does it with real people right yeah and he, and he books <laughs> like like that and and a lot a lot of the stuff the momentum that you had in the early days aw especially through the pandemic is like okay they're the they're the company that's actually trying to do something interesting and in during in the north america at least during the pandemic and with lockdown wrestling like wb was like you know not that was really was like just oh. went to utter utter shits right and and so like they, they come back they bring punk in like the time when punk came in right in his like from the match with with darby allen and like all these other winning the world title before he got injured the first time with the <laughs> doing the fucking uh, crowd diving yeah. it's the dumbest thing he could have done I think that's the real start of his, but <laughs> that's when they were like, okay, they're ready. They're ready to go to a different level. Really, really, really with the WB. And I think if they use ring of honor as like their NXT and not as a television product, like that's the thing he wanted to sell it to a different network. And once TBS hears about that, they're like, well, no, fuck you. We're not letting yeah. you create a, we're not letting you push a different brand. That you're going to sell to one of our competitors, right. put it on YouTube. It, it should always have been a YouTube show or you should have sold it to TBS or made rampage your ring of honor show or something mm-hmm. like that. If you could have, who knows, maybe TVS would have like, you know, or Warner Brothers would have been like, no, you're not, we're not turning this into fucking keeping it AEW. But like, if you had it on YouTube, they're not going to care about YouTube, but, right. and then it's a touring company. You also use it as a touring company to give people reps in the ring. Yeah. Okay. We're going, we're going to do, you know, every, every two weeks, we're going to go on a loop. We're going to hit Baltimore. We're going to hit, you know, the Maryland area. We're going to hit, you know, the tri-state arena area. We're going to hit the West coast. We're going to hit the Midwest. And you get all these guys you sign to development, kind of essentially developmental deals who need more seasoning. And you get these veterans who don't aren't shouldn't be on television anymore, but they're still they still have value as people that other younger wrestlers can learn from. You put them in Ring of Honor and you go on tour with with that brand and you you draw and you keep it modest, like you keep it like when Ring of Honor was like it's pre Sinclair days, right? Yeah, you just you try to draw a gate and you know you you pay these people like a decent wage, but you could you could pay people a decent wage and let them work indies as well, like let them work PWG, let them work GCW or whatever as well. Okay, but then when they're ready, when you're like, this guy's hot ROH in our mm-hmm. developmental territory, 
we're bringing them to AW. And but not not fucking the fucking YouTube show, not fucking mm-hmm. dark dark elevation, whatever the fuck it's called. Like nobody fucking watches. That's not that's not developmental. That's just bullshit, right? That's just a waste of everyone's time at the live shows. Like honestly, right. I did three fucking nights oh. of AW in, in the Chicago area, and honestly, like those those were some of the longest wrestling shows I've ever been to because they were legit long because you had to fit in dark dark elevation rampage that was the worst i couldn't i was like i should have just stayed in fucking downtown chicago and gone drinking with stephanie chase because like it would have been better than this shit i had to sit through like at and fucking and fucking uh you know suburban chicago like i like that took fucking forever to get to because we had to get there through rush hour traffic the only good thing was i got to i got i got to meet my my buddy joey bay you know, in nice. the in the aisles, like you know, he met me outside. It was like we talked, and then, but other than that, I could have just fucked off back to downtown Chicago, gun drinking, had had a nice like pasta meal, you know, at at, at a nice restaurant down there. But oh well, say lovey. I told Dave about that when I went to see Rampage at the Mohegan Sun up here. They did two hours of dark before Rampage, and that two hours of dark. <laughs> if I was fifteen years younger, I would have loved it. Because you're giving me so much wrestling. But instead, they're just bringing out the next enhancement talent. Bringing out the next person to squash them. And then again and again. And I saw 15 matches before I was like, we have an hour and a half till showtime. And then, of course, when Rampage hit, it went by so quick. Now, I've got one more list to bring you guys today from Philip Montagas of the Booking the Territory Facebook group. You got a lot of, you got a lot of people who are... Heads of Facebook group is very interesting. Yeah, yes, I, they like I, to bring the list. <laughs> oh yeah, I post these questions to a couple different Facebook groups. The Mothership Facebook group usually gives us a good feedback. The Booking the Territory, but you also get like this kind of pro cornet vibe, and you're gonna see it in this number one, the no selling. Number two, Young Bucks. Number three, Tony not putting them boys on TV. Four, CM Punk getting shit on by little kids who think they know wrestling just because they know some insider terms. Five, any of the intelligence insulting WWE characters and how they act. And then Jake Rule, number six, Tyrus getting that championship. Wow, like so many people care about the NWA. That's really, uh, surprising. Like, I don't I don't give a shit he won that title because I don't fucking watch that show. Yeah. I haven't. I maybe watched a bit of it when it first launched, but like after like Lagana got outed as being a scumbag, like mm-hmm. and then you know, like let's be honest, he was a creative force behind there, and then like Cornette fucked himself because right. he's Cornette, right? Like yeah. he got a big mouth, then you know, with the shit. It's like who cares? It's a nothing, it's a nothing brand. Like, honestly, I, I have to maintain this ignorance that Billy Corgan owns it because I still want to listen to Siamese Dream. It's a fucking great album. I still want to enjoy Siamese mm-hmm. Dream, and I want to enjoy his guitar playing because he's an amazing guitarist. But then the way I do that is, like, I don't – I pretend that NWA exists. I pretend that he doesn't own it and is, like, completely a fucking dork when it comes to being a wrestling promoter and booker. And so I could just, like – I like Billy Corgan, the musician, and that's mm-hmm. it. I don't care about him as a wrestling promoter. No one should care about him as a wrestling promoter. No one should watch the NWA because it's shit. Spend your money. You know what? Like, I'm going to, you know, Joe, I'm going to, uh, you know, echo something you said. Watch IWTV. It's a great fucking product. Watch Beyond Wrestling. It's fun. Watch Limitless Wrestling. It's fun. There's like, I, I've seen, like, when I when I was watching 
Garcia before AEW, he was doing mm-hmm. amazing stuff as IWTV television champion, right? Yeah. It, it, primarily in Limitless. Like, he was cutting these amazing promos. He was doing stuff with Kevin Blackwood. Great stuff. I'm like, shit, that's, that's what I want to see in independent wrestling. And I, I was getting something I wasn't getting from mainstream wrestling in these things like that people like care that this fucking like Trump supporting fucking Fox news correspondent piece of shit. Tyrus wins this fucking nothing fucking belt in this nothing fucking company. I don't, I don't get it. Like you guys need to like, really like just forget the NWA exists and <laughs> don't, 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 you know, like, you know, what I mean? don't give breath to, to nothing, to nobody's. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, usually we do a top three. But I think you aired out Tyrus in the NWA enough. I personally still want to enjoy Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. I like Machina. I You got to kind of look past Billy Corgan sometimes. But WH, thank you for coming here and lighting fire to everything we hate. One more time, plug what you'd like to plug and... Thank you for joining us. Yeah, so you can pretty much find everything I do over at postwrestling.com. And yeah, we we celebrated our, our fifth year anniversary in New York, New Jersey a couple of months ago. That was a very fun event, you know, and, and we're continuing strong going into the sixth year starting in starting next month in january of 2023 i i do three shows over there i do post perez uh, the new episode i don't know when this could drop but the new episode will be coming out sometime before the you know new year's eve hopefully uh, people will see that i'll be doing that with karen peterson who does so much great work on our website covering japanese wrestling particularly the joshi scene i also do mcu later with waiting over at the post wrestling patreon feed the, so the post wrestling cafe so you have to be a member of that to hear those shows but we cover the 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 marvel cinematic universe both in film form and in television form over on disney plus and finally the long and winding railroad and and you guys showed the the new t-shirt that's up on sale over at store.postwrestling.com it's a a great gift i think we're probably going to have a boxing day sale so if you want to save a bit of money get that that comes in white and also comes in black i have the black one the white one is very popular though get both you fuck get both why not and and yeah, like uh, that's it. Like W at WH Park Nine, if you want to hear my shitty takes about wrestling, and and but mainly if you want to see what I what I've had for dinner or lunch on any <laughs> given day. Well, awesome. awesome! Thank you for joining us. This is airing live now, and the audio will come out next Friday. Oh God, I I think that's the day before New Year's Eve. It's been such a blur this year that yeah, I, we're just glad to finally be at the end, but. We couldn't end it any better way. Thank you, WH. And thank you guys to have you on again sometime soon. Sure. That'd be great. Thank you so much for having me on and and like happy holidays to everyone and happy new year. Keep it safe and can drive. All right. So that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcast. Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 